We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Minimum MLB preview episode. Playoff preview. Playoff preview episode. Exclusive. Exclusive. I am joined by Boss. What up? What up? What up? Michael from Brodo. Michael from Brodo. What's up? Michael from Brodo. And we have Tim on the wire. You know, I'm just out here in the middle of the woods bringing you the best baseball advice that a man can give. You know, just, you know this is the life I choose, so I got I to gotta choose it. <laughs> Tim, where, in. where are you exactly? both my professions. <laughs> where are you exactly? I'm in the middle of the woods. Like, really in the middle of the woods. Like where? Like, uh, it's New Jersey. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's in, like, the uh, it's South Jersey. It's, like, this big acres of woods and shit like i've just been camping with the with my middle school kids um it's been it's been a day let's just put it that way a lot of bugs yeah shit ton of bugs yeah i don't i don't do those good times like yesterday yo the there's like a beetle that like looks like a shield it's crazy yeah i don't don't, don't even know what it is yeah it it was funny because we were trying to reach out to tim for his picks and like he didn't answer for about a half hour i was like this dude's probably collecting wood or something for like a (laughs) fire tonight um so actually actually i was uh i was trying to i was in the middle of helping a girl come from the top of a a pole that she climbed up and was too scared to get down and stopping two other kids from fighting <laughs> nice yeah, it was a it's been an interesting day you're being a teacher he's doing Basically. the right he's doing the right thing what would tim do all right guys so we're here we've made it to the playoffs october yes um b- before we start let's let's reflect it's a time to reflect on the season right um, so what have we thought overall? Like, what have we thought of the season so far? Like, give me, give me some takeaways. Let's think back. I mean, it was, it was an exciting season for me. I know. I, fo- I mean, I follow a lot of baseball pretty much the whole season. Uh, it was bad fantasy season for me. Maybe I should listen to Broad a little more. I but, killed uh, it, man. I killed it this year. Did you? I did. 
I felt a fucking part in like the middle of the season, but um, nah, I, I kind of saw it playing out the way it did. I didn't see Oakland being as good as they were. Ninety-seven win team. Unfortunately, I had to go home uh, in a one-game playoff, but it was just exciting to see Otani, the first ever two two-way player, mm-hmm. uh, probably gonna be rookie of the year pitch. That was pretty cool early in the year. Unfortunately, it's to get Tommy John, but it was an exciting year. I think we saw a lot of history being made, a lot of home runs, the Grom's dominance. Scherzer striking out more than 300 people. Um, yeah, I think it was just a good year for baseball. Good year for the youngsters. More mm-hmm. good young players on the way, like Soto and um, and Acuna in the NL. And then you have Gleyber Torres, uh, Otani, who's not necessarily a young player, but he's still a rookie. Um, just I think there's baseballs and the game in general is in good hands, even though it's still a lot of strikeouts and they keep breaking the strikeout record the last you know the years several years in a row now. I still think it's in good hands. Yeah, about you, Michael? It's, it's been a great season. Uh, Josh Hader actually broke the record for strikeouts for a relief pitcher, a left-handed relief pitcher with 143, which is which is something for a relief pitcher to have 143 Ks in like 80 innings. It's fucking absurd. Then you got like you, you didn't mention like Ozzy Albies who went 30 and 100 at 21 years old. Right. Walker Bueller who had a Clayton Kershaw like rookie season and players like that. What stuck out to me the most, which is a bit crazy, when you guys think about baseball, what do you think is more important, pitchers or Hitting for today, I think it's hitting. I would have said pitching though. Tim, what about you? Uh, hitters play every day. Pitchers play pitch once every five days. Hitters have always been my guys. That if I'm a GM, I'm giving the hitters the money. Yeah. So this is this is how the season ended up playing out. This is runs scored the MLB teams this year. Boston first playoffs. Yankees playoffs. Indians playoffs. A's playoffs. Dodgers playoffs. Astros playoffs, Rockies playoffs, Washington didn't make the cut, Cubs playoffs, Atlanta playoffs, St. Louis just missed, Milwaukee playoffs. It's basically just the run scored leaders Got in the it. playoffs this yeah. year, which is absurd to think that pitching, I mean, obviously the pitchers had a big deal there with all the Ks and things of that sort, but it was basically you're scoring runs. It's just, yeah, games. along with the Ks, it's also like the record-breaking long balls. Mm-hmm. So it's like they go hand in hand. Well, y- Yankees broke the record for most home runs in a single season, right? Uh, yeah, by a that team. Yeah. yeah, with like 265, I think it was. Yeah. Tim, what about you? Uh, my biggest takeaway, I'm going to be an old fart right now. My biggest takeaway is the game has officially changed. It's no longer changing. It reminds me of like the um, like Game of Thrones, like winter is coming. <laughs> and then all of a sudden winter is here. You know, it's like... All right, the game has officially gone to the money ball formula. Uh, there's starters are going less innings. There's only one twenty-one pitcher this year. Uh, there was home runs out the wazoo. Another record year in home runs. Another record year for strikeouts. Um, and you know what? I may not like it, but the attendance numbers are up in baseball. Uh, the games are getting high ratings. So I mean, that's the way the game is going. That's the way the game is shifting. I may not like it, but uh, it's here to stay. It looks like is the word "shift." That I no pun intended. Uh, the shift for is a big reason why this is happening. So, um, yeah, my takeaway from this year is that uh, the old way of thinking about baseball is officially dead and buried with the people who invented it, and the new wave, new wave of baseball is officially upon us. Mm-hmm. You want to jump into the NL first? Yeah, it's underway. They're already underway. Yeah, so. You want to talk about the wild card games quick? Yeah. How we got here with the bracket? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I know we had uh, the two division uh, kind of tiebreakers, game 163s before the wild card. So the 
the Rockies, who really didn't hit at all and are like a touted hitting team, mm-hmm. and either of those two games obviously went through over the Cubs in 13, but they got shut down by the Dodgers by Walker Bueller, who was kind of impressive and probably maybe might have started game one for them had they won the division outright. Um, but yeah, the Rockies are through. That was a, probably one of the better postseason games I've seen in uh, some time. It was a great game. 2-1. Freeland dominated on short rest, and so did Lester, who I was kind of surprised they pulled. Uh, I think it was in the, after six when he came off to bat. His spot came off to bat. I would have kept him in there personally just the way he was going. I thought, you know, the Cubs would have enough to break through. But they wound up breaking through later in the game in the eighth with NL MVP candidate Javi Baez. And then Tony Walters, who I think hit 130 this year, wound up hitting yeah. the game-winning single. So that's baseball. Um, it was great. I enjoyed it. And then yesterday, the AL wild card game uh, was a great time i was there the atmosphere was insane it's kind of like last year where you feel even though they fell behind last year and it was 3-0 uh once dd hit that home run early last year it was 3-3 and you kind of felt like it was everything was swinging the yankees way similar to this year how aaron judge went yard in the first inning to make it 2-0 right off the bat you're like oh this is too much for a great young A's team to overcome and i just felt like the, that pressure made them crack in a sense i mm-hmm. thought like once they went down there was no coming back from it and that's exactly what happened potentis was lights out potentis was lights out he was kind of like the mvp of that game because he came in after the fourth and um gave two shutout innings especially when he came in with two inherited runners which i think all season long he's only inherited six runners so that was a big spot he came through got a couple flyouts and then a big punch out so yeah shout out to Dylan potentis holding it down what about yeah. you uh i think it was uh the Rockies game, the Rockies Cubs. What stood out to me was the management by the by the managers there. How they like Charlie Blackman got taken out in a double switch, and he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Right. Anthony Rizzo was taken out in a double switch for a pinch runner, and it's not something that you really see in close games like that. And I wasn't a fan of either of those moves. It ended up working out for the Rockies, obviously, but Blackman it ended up going to thirteen innings. Blackman could have got two more at bats out of it that he wasn't there for. Because I think they're just trying to get it a little too cute. Same with the Athletics yesterday, starting Liam Hendricks, yeah, who they waived halfway through the season. The only starter they had on their roster for that game was Edwin Jackson. For I guess if they were going to go to extras or something, put him in there. But I think they just tried getting way too cute with the new bullpen game uh, way of pitching. Like it's working out for the Brewers as we speak. But if you're if you win 97 games with a formula of starting pitchers then relief pitchers, I don't know why you'd switch it up for the 100. 64th or 63rd wild card game of the year right i agree with you i thought fires was more than capable of starting i've at least given like three or four innings yeah for sure and then he was a quality start machine right or even edwin jackson like you said who was on the roster i thought both of them were even though they're aces sean and i was out for the year i still think either of those two had great years for them yeah could have started that game Braves dodgers jump right in yeah I like the Dodgers here. Okay. Similar to the A's, I think this this uh, this atmosphere is too soon for the Braves to overcome. I think like they're gonna fold. They start on the road, so opening up in LA. Kershaw surprisingly is going game two. Okay. Uh, Ryu, Young John Ryu. Well, I definitely said that wrong. Young John, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's going game one. He's had a great year. He had a shortened season due to injury, but he's been lights out this year for them. And just the fact that it's going to be Ryu, Kershaw, and then Bueller, most likely game three. I think that's 
it's a lot to overcome for a young Braves team. Yeah, agree with you there. Because then they have guys like Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, Kenley Jansen to close it out. They're they're pretty stacked offensively, and they also have a stacked lineup with Max Muncy, who hardly even plays every day. Thirty five home runs. Grandal is one of the best catchers. Kemp Dozier has been bad. He's probably gonna come off the bench, but he's still a guy who hit forty home runs three years in a row. Justin Turner's had the best ERA, and I like looking at uh, September records when it comes to baseball because I feel like a lot of teams go into the playoffs with uh if they're on a hot streak they mm-hmm. can continue it through and the Dodgers were 18 and 9 in September so they were playing really good baseball and I just think they're an overall better team than the Braves yeah my, team. my only worry is Kenley Jansen like you said like he gave up even though they won that game against the uh the Rockies I think he still gave up those two home runs to Arenado and Story late in the game so he's been kind of shaky since coming back from that irregular heartbeat and it's just an interesting story to watch because if they go to Denver who knows if he'll be able to play because the altitude and stuff. So that's what I'm watching. I'm more worried about like the back end of that game. But they do have Kenta Maeda back there who's like a Swiss Army knife. He can probably give you three shutout innings. I mean, he is a starter after all. So he's a nice weapon. And I think the X factor in the playoffs this year for them is definitely going to be Kenta Maeda. Tim. Oh, sorry. What about you, Tim? Uh, there's a – so one of the nuances that's uh, – in the game is Michael mentioned Munchie, who, by the way, shout out to the Dodgers for now three years in a row, uh, having a hitter basically come out of nowhere and hit 30 home runs for them. Three years ago, it was Justin Turner. Then last year, it was Clay Bellinger. And then this year, we have Munchie. So, this, like, it's the Dodgers seem to just do this, uh, just produce a 35 home run hitter out of nowhere. Um, but in order to get their best lineup in the game, uh, I think Munchie has to be starting. And the Braves are going to throw four straight right-handers at the Bra- at the Dodgers uh, this series. And that allows the Dodgers to have their best lineup in the game. And I think that's going to be an X factor. Now, there was a – there is – the biggest problem, you guys touched on it, is definitely the Dodgers' bullpen. Um, Kenley Jansen has not been the same. He's got a lot in his mind uh, with his irregular heartbeat and all that. But I think – Balls hit it on the head. Kenta Maeda getting added back there is going to be a giant, giant upgrade uh, to that bullpen. He was effective last year out of the bullpen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, so I, I expect the same out of him, and that's going to be an upgrade for that pen who had a, a lot of problems. Uh, the, the Braves are young. Usually when young teams get into the playoffs for the first time, they get a little too excited and they falter. Um, don't look at the Astros last year. They are the exception to every single rule. Uh, but most of the time uh, – it's the young teams who get a little too excited, a little too hyped, a little too up for it, and end up falling flat. So uh, I like the Dodgers to even possibly sweep the series. Listen, that may just be my uh, Mets fandom uh, coming out, but uh, I think the Dodgers have the significant advantage in the series. Now I'm with you, Tim. I got the Dodgers sweeping too. I just think, like, yes, they made a move. They went out and got Kevin Gausman at the deadline. They went and get Brad Brack from the Orioles. But no one in that rotation really scares me. I know Fulton Avich, I think, is, gives them the best chance to win, and obviously he's their ace. But after that, it's Kevin Gosman, Anibal Sanchez, and then probably Julio Tehran or Sean Newcomb, I guess, whoever's going to throw between those two. But I just don't see enough pitching in there to keep them in games. I think they ultimately get overwhelmed. Listen, I know you, could, you compare them to the Astros, but the Astros also had that 2015 playoff experience when they, uh, they won the wild card game, and I think they got ousted by the Royals. So... That young team had some experience before the World Series run last year, um, so I think that's true. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Braves will be back, but I, this is definitely great for 
like Michael said, Ozzy Albies, all these young guys, Johan Camargo, who had a monster year for them at third base, and uh, Acuna, all these young guys, they'll be back. Yeah, um, the Braves actually was a, was a surprise pick of mine coming into the year as a team that could show up that isn't very expected to, but I think they're I have them losing in a sweep as well. Damn, uh, I just I just don't. Yeah, we're Unanimous all, we're sweep. all completely it's off. Like the not Braves. giving them love. I had it at four at first, but then I, I just don't see them scratching out a win. Uh, Newcomb or Tehran, whichever one starts game two or game three. I'm not sure which game. They're just It's not going to be a matchup against Kershaw or Bueller, really, in my opinion. Both of them, Tehran is super inconsistent, and Newcomb had a tremendous first half and then completely faltered in the second half. So you can't really trust him either. Dansby Swanson isn't even on the playoff roster. Yeah, because, he's nursing that wrist, right? Yeah, because of an injury, so... It's going to be tough for them, especially. And their their bullpen was 17th in uh, ERA this year, so it's not even like their bullpen is shut down. So it's it's definitely a, an uphill battle for Atlanta. Yeah, it's a question for them, too. It's like, who's closing games for them? Is it going to be like Vizcaino? Minter. Maybe Venters is even like in the mix. Oh. There's just like no surefire thing at the back end of that bullpen, and you need that you know, in playoff baseball. Good news, Braves fans. Looks like you're going to the next round. Unanimous sweep. There's no way we all get that right. No, no shot. Braves are going to sweep the Dodgers now. Uh, Rocktober? Rocktober. Rocktober right now? I'm and the all Brew about Crew? It. You, you down? Yeah, we're Rocktober, big time. I love the Rockies. Big time into Rocktober as well. All right, so who do we have in this next matchup in the NL? I think this is, this is probably my favorite uh, matchup out of all the division series. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rockies in five. I think this one goes five. I know Freeland's not available to, I think, game four. They're throwing him, but Herman Marquez is a strikeout machine now. He came on in the second half and really just like I mean, he was a prospect from the few years, and all their pitchers are homegrown. I think they're throwing Tyler Anderson game two, and then it's then it's going to be well, Sincella's going tonight, then Tyler Anderson, and then Freeland game four, and then Herman Marquez is going, I think, game three. So they have some pitchers there. Some type of order like that. Right, right. And they definitely have the edge in starting pitching. We already saw the Brewers going to a bullpen game, game one. I'm not really sure what that's about. But I think it's just lack of trust in the rotation. They have Julius Chassin going game two. No, he's a former Rocky, I believe, in his yeah, own yeah. right. So it's just like there's not a lot there to work with. Although the Brewers probably have the nastiest bullpen in the NL. I think they have the best weapon in the playoffs, like Mike touched on in the regular season, Josh Hader. He's probably the best weapon still, you know, in the playoffs, giving his ability to strike out people and go multiple innings at the same time. So I love this series. I think it's going to be pure offense, even though right now as we're recording game one is only 2-0. There's a lot of offense on each side, given Yelich, Locaine, Moustakis, Jesus Aguilar, all these big-time bats. They can all hit it out of the yard. And once it goes back to Denver, I think we're going to see that with Arenado, Story, uh, LeMahieu, all these guys hit bombs, Blackman. So... It should be a great offensive series, I believe, and both teams have pretty good bullpens, but I'm going to give the edge to the Rockies in five just because I like their starting pitching better than the Brewers. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the nose. I'm basically agreeing with everything you said. Kyle Freeland at home, which he, I'm guessing they're going to end up playing him at home. Right. 2-4 ERA, which is just absolutely absurd. And pitch, starting pitcher ERA at Coors Field is always easily over 4.5, so it's basically like they're starting with a two-run lead when Kyle Freeland is on the mound at home. And I, I honestly expected them to lose this first game with Sensatella pitching, but I think they're going to win with Freeland and Marquez, and they're going to scratch out another win with another starting pitcher there. Probably Anderson, I think. Probably Tyler, Tyler Anderson, Anderson, who just had a gem his last start of the season back from injuries. 
So and their their lineup is unreal with Blackman, LeMahieu, David Dahl hit a home yeah. run in six of eight and five in a row at one point. They they were riding an eight game winning streak like right at the end of September too. So I think they got all the momentum. Rocktober baby, I, I got the Rockies in five in this one. Tim, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Brew Crew on this one, man. Uh, look, I I like both of those teams. It sucked sucks that they have to play in the first round because I'd rather see either of these teams. Uh, go forward than the Dodgers or the Braves. Like I, 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 I obviously hate the Braves for a lot of reasons. Mostly because Chipper Jones ruined my childhood. And then, uh, and then the, you know the Dodgers boys there. There's a sixth straight year in the playoffs, so they, they, you know they're kind of old news. Um, these two teams are not, and I, I just think the Brewers bullpen gives them the edge. Um, listen, when you can run out a guy like Hader, he can have the Andrew Miller effect. We saw Andrew Miller mow down people on the way to a. Uh, almost a World Series championship, or at least a 3-1 lead in the World Series. Um, last year, uh, I liked the Brewers a lot this year. They have a, they have a very flexible lineup. Um, the Rockies, uh, I, I just don't trust them away from Coors Field. And the fact that, that the Brewers have uh, three games at home, I think this series does go five games. I think each of the home teams wins all of their games at home, um, especially Nolan Arenado, who, who batted almost 80 points lower on the road this year. Um the entire team struggles on the road. I do. I will say this one thing about the Rockies um, that doesn't that goes against my pick. The Rockies have been excellent in uh, close games. Their OPS goes goes through the roof when the games are close compared to when the games are uh, have a wider margin. So, which means they're being very clutch. Um, that's one of the things I'm looking for in a playoff series. That clutch factor. Um, the Rockies definitely have that clutch factor. Uh, so that's one thing that plays into Rockies' advantage, but I, I just don't see them being able to overcome that six, seven, eight, ninth inning uh, shutdown, uh, shutdown potential that the Brewers have at the back of their bullpen, especially with Corey Knable coming back and cut, he it looked like he was done after the season. I, I know me and Boss both picked him to win uh, the reliever of the year uh, in our in our um, what do you call our. MLB preview for the season, and he was sucking, and then all of a sudden in September he really turned up again. So uh, I think that bullpen gives the Brewers the advantage. On top of that, uh, their their lineup is a lot stronger, in my opinion, than the Rockies lineup, especially on the road. So it's going to be a close series, but I give my edge to the Brewers. Yeah, I think, like you said, Knebel, he's probably going to pitch in like the sixth now or early in the game because Jeremy Jeffers has been lights out at the end of the game. So – those are my two X factors. Just like looking at the rosters, it's Adam Odovino, who was maybe the best setup man in baseball before the All Star break and striking everyone out who came to the dish. And then Corey Knebel, if he can hold it down, are we going to see like the first half Corey Knebel or the one who came back after being demoted from AAA Corey Knebel? So those are my two X factors. Just looking at these rosters in the bullpen. Yeah, Jeremy Jeffries is a pretty funny story because he was lights out in Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Went to Texas. Was an absolute trash. Went somewhere yeah. else. Was trash. Went back to Milwaukee. Was an absolute beast again. So I don't know. I guess he's only good when he's a Milwaukee Brewer. But yeah, if they're gonna win, it's gonna be because of their bullpen. Even today, they're uh, running out there with their bullpen day starting pitching. Woodruff didn't even allow a hit through three innings, and I think they had. I think the Rockies only had one hit through the first five or six innings of the game. So if the Brewers are gonna win, it's gonna be through their bullpen. Mm-hmm. Moving on. To the American League? 
What a game last night. I just I have to say it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a crazy game. Are you it both was. Yankee fans? No, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Mets fan. I was actually at the David Wright retirement game. As was I. Yeah? yeah. Where were you sitting? Uh, all the way up by like the left field foul pole. Okay, like in the 500s? Yeah. That, that's where I was, and then we just moved down to field level. We didn't sit anywhere. We were just like standing around field level. Concourse. Yeah. yeah. And then also a really Yo, cool play. What's up, Tim? MP, I got I to gotta bring you to a Met game, bro. I have this spot. That you could sneak in. It's the only spot in the entire stadium without a security guard in front of it. Pay you pay for the top row and you sit on the third baseline every game. I gotta I gotta introduce you to this because it's it's a diamond in the rough that I think I'm the only person that knows about it. Mike, Mike, please can you do. confirm, Mike? Uh, I've done it a couple times, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know, Tim. You weren't there on David Wright game, man. It was absolutely packed and there was security everywhere. Yeah, we we actually. Well, I, I guarantee you there is not security in that thing because it's not it's it's not really an entrance. It's like a half an entrance. So you could like sneak in there. And I wasn't there on David Wright. Man, I had a I had my brother in law's thirtieth birthday party, well my future brother in law's thirtieth birthday party was that day and I committed to it like a month in advance. Damn. I was so sick when I couldn't go, man. I was so sick. But I, I ended up like watching it on TV, like in the corner where everyone else was playing beer games, like crying <laughs> in the corner by myself. <laughs> it was the the the, uh, the atmosphere was you yeah, can feel it, right? It was great. Yeah. yeah. But once David you can feel Wright it through the TV, even bro, it was crazy. Yeah, I thought they took him out a little early, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so moving on to the AL. Yankee Sox. This is weird that it's in the in the DS though, right? Yeah, it's the first time ever due to the new like wild card system. I love it. Do you? I'd rather yeah. see it go seven games. Like I hate that it's we're confined to five games. I can see that. That that's definitely a gripe that you get. Uh, Who we got? Make. I'm gonna go with the Yankees in four. Duh. I got no, the but in but five. listen, but listen. Yankees in five. Yeah. Okay. Chris Sale hasn't looked the same at all, and it's like his velo is down tremendously. And last start out, he was sitting at average 90 mile an hour fastball, and that means he was throwing below 90, like mm-hmm. 88, 87 mm-hmm. on his fastball. So regularly, when he's right, he's throwing 96 or 94 to 96 and his wipeout slider is at like 87 so when there's no difference between your fastball and your slider your slider doesn't become a wipeout slider anymore so he's going game one and red sox like staffers and him himself swear that the last time's out because he was coming off the dl so he made four starts since he coming off the dl that they swear it was a, a mechanics thing that they were trying to work on stuff to get him right and he wasn't worried about velocity he was just like mechanics and all this other stuff so he's not worried about his velocity dip i on the other hand i think that's a legitimate concern so he's going game one david price who i wouldn't be surprised if he pulls a pedro martinez and calls the yankees his daddy after game two he gets smacked around every time we play him historically even when he was with the rays when he was with the blue jays it's just I don't know it's just the yankees have his number and he's good otherwise his career numbers elsewhere he has like a sub I think he has like a 3-5 ERA career, but when he plays the Yankees, it goes up a run. So something about him and playing the Yankees is just not a match made in heaven at all. It's a match made in hell. And then, yeah, I don't see any. They're going Porcello game three and then Evaldi if it gets there game four. Who Evaldi, I think, has like 16 shutout innings this year against the Yankees, a former Yankee himself. Mm -hmm. But I think the Yankees get it done. All the pressures on the Red Sox, they had that historic season of 106 wins. The Yankees got to go there to start the year, to start the, the series. And I think if they get a split and come back to the Bronx, it's going to be really rowdy. I think they, they'll take two in a row in the Bronx. You said uh, four, right? I said in five. Five. Because I, I agree with you there about Chris Sale, the, 
the the huge drop in velocity has to be worrisome. I don't care who I don't care what they're saying to the media. Yeah, they, I think it's all BS. They have to be a little concerned about it. And then you can't trust David Price in the playoffs. And Porcello is he's Porcello. Like right. he how could he really trust Porcello that much? And then you have like Sevi who's probably gonna go game if they need him game three, maybe start him game four if not. And you got Tanaka who's lights out in the second half. Jay Hap, who's uh who destroys the Red Sox. Has regularly. their number for some reason. Yeah. And Jay Happ was actually a stud this year. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's a great starting pitcher. And their lineup is unreal with McCutcheon, Hicks, Judge, Stanton, Gregoria, Sanchez, Andujar, Glaber. Luke Voigt has been the best player on that team yeah, it's crazy. for the last, like, three weeks. That guy looks like a country <laughs> music singer, yeah, doesn't crazy. he? Right? He looks like he crushes beer and, yeah. and listens to country music. What was it was a two-RBI triple in last night's game. Yeah. This guy, with the, his hair is great, by the way. Shout yeah. out to his hair. And then... It's the playoffs are a completely different ball game. The Red Sox, yeah, they were the best team in baseball by far during the regular season. They doubled their uh their wins were double their amount of losses, but I don't know, it's a whole new ball game when you get to the playoffs. I think they'll keep it close, but I think the Yankees scratch it out. I think the issue too is like the bridge to Kimbrel. Like there's no one in that bullpen that that you're like, Oh, I feel confident going to this guy. It's not like that for them. And if you look at their starting pitching, um like David, like I said, David Price got shelled. And then if you go look at the Yankees bullpen and they're starting pitching, like, all right, even if their starter only goes three to four innings, you they can feel confident about turning it over to just about anyone in that bullpen that's been lights out. Tim, what about you? I got the Red Sox in five. Um, I, you guys are seeing Chris Sale's drop in velocity as a, uh, as a bad thing. I'm not seeing it. I, I'm kind of seeing it as a something that was planned. Now – Last season, Chris Sale in the playoffs had Chris Sale had a remarkable season last year, but he pitched too much in the playoffs. He was burnt out. This season, they responded accordingly. He's only had five games started from July 27 until right now, only five games. And in those games, he has not been at his peak of effort. Now, could it come back to haunt him? Sure, but I think the plan is. Let's get Chris Sale going into the playoffs very fresh. And I think he could surprise, and all of a sudden that velocity is right back to where it was. Now, that's a pretty hot take, and in no way is it guaranteed. But if that does happen, I I think the Red Sox have a chance to sweep, especially because the Yankees lineup is so left-handed heavy. Now, I think that this is going to be another uh, situation where the home teams win all the games. Um, The Red Sox this season have been so much better on at home and then on the road. They have a ridiculous 282 team batting average at home with an 829 OPS as a team, so they are using that monster well. That entire lineup that you just said for the Yankees can be matched player for player with the Red Sox. Um, you, can't, you can't really find an advantage in each lineup. Both of these lineups could be all-star game lineups uh, in, in a year, so... I don't see a lineup advantage. Now, the Yankees' bullpen is something that the Red Sox are going to have to overcome. Uh, but I do think that uh, they will overcome that uh, at home. And I think that the Red Sox take all the home games in the series. So I'm going to go with the Red Sox in five. But I cannot wait personally to watch the Yankees and the Red Sox in the playoffs. I'm trying to see some fights. I'm trying to see some people take people's heads off. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see some managers get into it. I'm trying to see old-school Yankees get Red Sox rivalry and uh, I think that the fact that it's a five game series like yeah I want to see them go seven but the fact that it's five makes everything even more intense 
Like, you take seven games worth of intensity and you smash it into five games, and all of a sudden every pitch means a little more, every hit means a little more, uh, every, like, if you hit a guy on purpose, all of a sudden that means more. Like, it's just, I, uh, yeah, I just think that this is going to be an excellent series. I would not be surprised if the Yankees win, but I think the Red Sox take in five. Yeah, it should definitely more, like, mic- like, under the microscope in five games. And I think, like you said, fights, I feel like Luke Voigt is a perfect candidate to start a fight. <laughs> like, he's just full of energy no matter what he does. He went off the wall and he's, like, trotting to first base. He had, his, he had his finger pointing to yeah. the sky. The ball hit off the wall. He like, still made it to third, though. Like a classic Yankee Stadium short porcher he was all hyped about. And then Stan hit one into, like, orbit. And he's like, yeah, maybe I should be running. Like, Giancarlo showed me how to hit a home run. It was, like, 423 feet. And he's like, <laughs> I should just start running my, my you know, everything I hit out. All right, last but not least, Indians-Astros. Who do we got? I got the Astros in four. Mm. I got the Tribe. I think the Tribe are being slept on here. Just because, like, they didn't win as many games and they played in, like, a horrible division, a division they should have cakewalked through. I think they only won 90, a shade over 90 games. So the Astros, they're they're talented in their own right. Um, They're going with McCullers out of the bullpen again, and they're starting – is it Verlander, Cole, Keiko? Yeah, but I like on the other side the tribe. I like the the Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger three. I think better. Yeah, uh, Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger is quite a trio to have. But um, if I was the Astros, I'd be starting Charlie Morton over Dallas Keiko. Enough with the allegiances to your starting. I pitchers. agree. You got to play the best guys in the playoffs. What I like, the reason I like the Astros in four is because they like. I was talking about September records. They were twenty and six. Hmm. The Indians were fourteen and thirteen, so they were struggling there. And their bullpen is not the same at all. Andrew Miller only appeared in thirty something games with a four and a half ERA. Cody Allen has been getting knocked around this year, compared to the Astros, who were first in bullpen ERA. But it was strange because the Astros left Chris Davinsky, Brad Peacock, Hector Rondon all off their roster for this wild card matchup so they're gonna they're trusting the new guy roberto was new to their team at least McHugh, will harris and like you said lance mccullers and i guess charlie morton too out of the bullpen so verlander is gonna shut them down i think i think he'll beat kluber one-on-one it's gonna be a great matchup though and uh i just i think the strohs are just an overall better team and take advantage of the indians yeah i could see it but i i don't know it's just i definitely see these games being like really low scoring like all for them how we said the Rockies and the Brewers are going to bring a ton of offense. I think this this series right here is going to bring a ton of pitching out. Um, yeah, the bullpen is definitely a weakness. I know they went out and got Brad Hand, but like you said, Cody Allen, who was the last couple of years been lights out at the end of the game, so it's just completely falling apart this year. Andrew Miller was never the same. For some reason, Oliver Perez is like their <laughs> second best reliever behind Brad Hand. Not the same Oliver Ollie. Perez. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, he's nasty this year. He's more of a specialist, but... It's funny, yeah, but that just speaks volumes, like how much like Cody Allen and Andrew Miller have kind of fallen apart a bit for them over there. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what Josh Donaldson can do. If he, Who knows if he's healthy? I, I really don't think he's healthy. But, yeah, they got to find ways to get these guys in the lineup because he, if he has the DH, I mean, uh, there's a lot to work around. I know Jose Ramirez plays like second now, Donaldson at third, and then Encarnacion and Yonder Alonso at first base. But we'll see when if, – if, Josh Donaldson is really right. This is going to be a good test for him, especially when you come out and you see Verlander, Garrett Cole, who pitched with a sub-3 ERA in his first year in Houston, which was kind of out of nowhere for me anyway. I, I was like, it's like, this dude was 
falling out of the order in Pittsburgh, and he goes here and like resurrects his career. Um, but yeah, I like Cleveland. I think they they have enough firepower to get over the top. Tim, what about you? Cleveland's an interesting team because if you look at their the names on the team, the names look a lot better than their performances. It's kind of like you know when you draft a fantasy team and you're like, yo, these names are dope, and how and then you finish like six and six and you're like, how the hell did I finish six and six? And they're, it's because they're they didn't none of these players have performed up to their names. Guys like Josh Donaldson, guys like Cody Allen, these guys who have been have all this history as dominant, dominant players, all had bad years. Um, I think the Astros sweep the series. I think that, look, if you're saying that the one, two, three punch in starting pitching is the best aspect of the Indians, the Astros match them punch for punch in that starting pitching. And if you're looking at the other things, they have a better bullpen on paper, but since, uh, since, um, Who's the closer they can just Osuna came over. He's been lights out for them. So all of a sudden, they have a bullpen piece that they can rely on. And on top of that, you had Alex Bregman to that lineup that already won the World Series. He's arguably the best hitter on the entire squad. Um, I think that the one person that is the X factor in this game, and the I think is, is uh, Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa... He went on the DL, he came back, and since returning for the last month, he is batting 180. He's dropped to six in the lineup. Now, the addition of Alex Bregman uh, does take a little bit of pressure off him. But if he can return to the Carlos Correa of old, that, like Michael said, they're 21-6 and six this month without with Carlos Correa batting 180. This is a very scary team. And they address some of their biggest issues from last year in that bullpen and by adding Alex Bregman, they added even another bat to this lineup that's just full of killers. So, if you're asking me, if you're looking at both these teams on paper, if they played last year, then I think the Indians have a shot. But with uh, Hobbles, Josh Donaldson, uh, Andrew Miller, and Cody Allen, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that the Indians have enough firepower uh, to last with the defending champs. I mean, they, they had Bregman last year, but he just, like, wasn't nowhere near the same player. Right, well, that when I say the addition of Bregman, I mean like the addition of the superstar that Alex Bregman has become. Right, right. All right. Before we wrap up and give our World Series winners, I'd like to go around the table and over the phone, uh, and I'd like to get some bold predictions. So, Boss, Michael, and then Tim last. I'm going to say the Red Sox, their rotation, they don't have anyone in their rotation with a playoff win. I think it stays that way this year. Ooh. So, if someone does win a game, it's out of the bullpen. Yeah. Say. All right. Mike. Uh, I got four bold predictions for you. Four? Let's hear them. I say Jay Hat beats Chris Sale twice in the ALDS. <laughs> I'll take it. Carlos Correa does not record a hit in the ALDS, but the Astros still win. Trevor Story, World Series MVP. I guess you know who I'm choosing for MVP. I mean, like for it. the World, for World Series. Series. And Marquez and Freeland will both have an ERA under two and a half and will not be charged with the loss. Oof. Timmy! You heard it here first. I'm going the boldest of bold. The Astros go undefeated in the playoffs and are back-to-back champions. Undefeated. Is that hot? How no hot is that? That's steaming. Yeah. Steaming hot? Steaming hot. Steaming. I'm out here in the middle of the woods just lighting <laughs> fires. <laughs> All right. And and so I think we already have two World Series predictions, but I'll go around the table one more time. The boss, give me your World Series winner. 
I'm going to go Yankees over Rocktober. The Rocks. I got the Rockies over the Yankees in seven. And Timmy. I am going with the Astros over the Brewers in six. Uh, even though my bold prediction said they're going to win the game. <laughs> it, it, that was bold for a reason. Like, oh, it, it's man. a bold prediction. I don't really think that's going to happen. Wait a second. Uh, but guys, I, th- so. I think it could happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I got the Rocky. I got the Astros winning the World Series over the Rocky. I mean, over the Brewers in six games. Tim, thank you for calling us. I got you, bro. I can't miss, I can't miss the baseball playoff preview because that's my jam. Thank you for calling in. If the people want to find you, where are they going to reach out to and find you? At Simple Tribe on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Since I'm over the phone, I'm going to let Michael plug Brodo. All right. Later, Tim. At Brodo Fantasy, BrodoFantasy.com. Ooh. Just released our MLB, uh, excuse me, it's talking about MLB, our <laughs> NFL Week 5 rankings. Also have waiver rankings up there, uh, podcasts are up there, so check that out. You can find me, myself, at Mike underscore Patrop everywhere. Ooh. Boss. At Endovito27 on Twitter and the gram, and maybe a couple beers in there in every Yankee game is where you can find me. <laughs> here, here. Guys, I'm MP, I-M-P-Y-718. You already know on Twitter and Instagram. Give a follow to the Veterans Minimum Instagram, Veterans underscore Minimum. Swing a follow to the Twitter account, Veterans Minimum. And uh, let's go baseball. Yeah. October. Thanks for having me, fellas. Woo. Of course. Of course.